You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This. Is the Dan Grasso Show. For our friend Jose and anybody else out there that doesn't have the Prime Video, we looked it up. It's free for the first month. If I'm Jose, I check the schedule, see how many games that the Yankees have on Prime Video. Then once the month is over, you got one of two options. You can do the monthly installments. It's 15 bucks a month. 15 bucks a month. Or if you really want to go all in, if you love the experience entirely, the yearly charge is a buck forty. Or you could wait for the nephew to be 18, 19, and you can get a prime student monthly which is 750 a month after the 30 days or there's a fourth option if you qualify for government assistance <laughs> this is the dan grasser show somebody get jeff bezos a copy of the show on 98.7 espn yes indeed we aim to educate we aim to inform on this program each and every day Grasses Show, 98.7 ESPN. 60 more minutes to play with 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. In this great city of ours, we got the NBA draft taking place tomorrow evening out of the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Well, we know who the first name is going to be called, but there and after, that lies the big mystery. But to help us break it down a little bit further, we bring in our next guest. He's a frequent guest of the program. He is one of the greats. He knows all things college basketball, Field of 68, ESPN, Fox, CBS. You see him all over the place. He is the great Terrence Oglesby, who's nice enough to join us here on the program. T.O., how's the offseason treating you, my man? Well, first of all, what an introduction. Secondly, the off-season is the off-season. I have kids running around everywhere. They're off school. Appreciate you rearranging some times for me. But uh, they're not driving me crazy because they're at camp, but there's a lot of energy around this house. Uh, I'm going a little crazy. The kids are going crazy. So it's like a double whammy going around everywhere because you go from a million miles an hour to nothing, and now you have to find ways to fill the void. And right now I'm lucky there's a draft. And I'm happy I get to talk to you. Absolutely. It's been a long time, but always love the energy that you bring, certainly in the conversations that we get to have. And we'll rearrange things anytime for you, T.O. You know that here. Um, All right. As a whole, let's take the macro view of this draft tomorrow. How would you rate this class overall for 2023? I'll be honest. I think the top 20 picks are as good as we've had in the last few years. And, and a lot of it has to do with people that are not in college basketball. I, I think – Scoot Henderson, who was at the G League Ignite, Victor Wimbanyama. People have talked on and on about him and his hand size over a baseball, which was amazing. I'm sure you saw that as well whenever he – just a bit outside there at Yankee (laughs) Stadium. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, you know what? There's a lot of talent at this draft. There's all-star potential in this draft, uh, beginning with those two that I mentioned. But after that, there's still still some left. I'm in Thompson's really talented. Reminds some – of Scottie Pippen, the ability to do everything fluidly at his size at six seven with a seven foot wingspan. He has a lot of tools, and there's a lot of guys a lot like that. Taylor Hendricks from Central Florida that not a whole lot of people know about. He's another guy, high floor, pretty high ceiling just for the fact that he's improved so rapidly. There's a lot of names in this draft that could turn out 
to be quality starters in the NBA for a long time. All right, the, the Victor Wembanyama hype, it, it's going off the rails. I was just talking about this a little while ago before you came on, and, and I guess it's maybe because we are getting closer to the draft, so everybody's got their hot takes and so on and so forth, but now you're hearing you know, more hype than LeBron coming into the draft, and we've seen the tools and the clips and, and so on and so forth, but where do you stack up on him right now, and just how enticing a prospect do you think he will be on the next level? My only concern is his long-term health. Mm-hmm. Everything else fits the modern-day game to a T. I mean, we've only seen one player with this level of skill and at that size, and his name was Ralph Sampson, and he was stuck in the wrong era. Yep. And Ralph couldn't shoot the ball. So Wembenyama is stepping out, taking one-footed three-point shots against French league pros. And I know that a lot of people say, well, he's over there in Europe. Uh, the competition's not as good. That team they played in the finals had six former NBA players in Monaco. Jerome Blossom game, Mike James, just to name a few. I mean, it, it was a really good team, and he was still putting up monster numbers there. His size, uh, the fact that he's 7'4 and, what, 215 pounds? I, like, do you really need to bulk him up? I would venture to guess no. At what point do you really need to bulk up anymore in today's NBA? Because, one, you can't handshake. Two, Nobody really posts up anymore. Mm-hmm. And three, who's going to guard him at that size? They're going to be able to shoot over the top. He's got an eight-foot wingspan. This is unheard of. An eight-foot wingspan. So it, it's just one of those things. This guy is just different. It's the first time I've ever questioned my existence. I've had an existential crisis thinking, hey, we might be living in the Matrix because whenever you look at this dude, he looks like a video game gone wrong. He's that type of different. He's that type of special. The only thing that scares me Big, tall guys, really long feet. Mm-hmm. Are you able to stay healthy for the duration of your basketball career with some of those things, quite frankly, going against you? T.O., you beat me to the punch on that because there's been countless examples, right? I mean, Bill Walton, Yao Ming, I mean, even Anthony Davis with his various ailments. I mean, there's a lot, you know, several others that we could sit there throw into this category. For whatever reason, the bigs, especially when it comes to the feet and the wheels, you just never know how that's going to, you know, play out over the course of a long career. And I just wonder, like people are saying, this guy's got to get bigger, stronger, which I'm sure that he will. But that's not even what would necessarily concern me, much like you just articulated. Well, one positive in that direction is Victor's had had a an agent by the name of Buna Njai who's dealt with some of these bigger players before. Uh, Rudy Gobert, he's in that he's not the same size, obviously, but he's in that huge guy, big feet range. He's been able to stay healthy for the duration of his career. And what they do is they put him on a special plan to work his feet. And quite frankly, he did a lot of unorthodox exercises just because of his frame. So the fact that he's been working like that for the past four or five years uh, breeds some confidence, really, when talking about his long-term, his longevity as far as his basketball career is concerned, just because he has uh, been working on that. But I'm going to be honest, it still scares me. That all being said, the game's different. Uh, he doesn't have to guard Shaq. There's not a Shaq in this league right now. And even if there is, they can send somebody else to guard that guy, and then he could play the four at seven foot five. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just such a unique blend. Uh, this guy, he can literally play three, four, five at seven foot five. It just doesn't make sense, and quite frankly, it doesn't seem fair. Talking with Terrence Oglesby here on 98.7 ESPN NBA Draft. You can hear it tomorrow right here on 98.7, as a matter of fact, from the Barclays Center. Uh, The draft starts at number two because Victor's going to the San Antonio Spurs. Sitting there at number two is the Charlotte Hornets. Now, just in terms of pure need, you would think that Brandon Miller presents the better fit. 
for Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. But Scoot Henderson is one heck of a prospect right now, T.O. If you're making the pick and you're turning in the card for number two, where are you going? Uh, you know what? Arbitrary situation. I'm GM. I'm looking to move LaMelo. And I'm trying to get good value for that young guy quick. That's how much I like Scoot Henderson. That big frame, the body, his body's going to be able to hold up because he's so big, strong, and muscular. Like, I don't know really what happens wrong with him at 6'2". Now, is he a little undersized? Sure, that's where I would go, though. Scoot Henderson is that kind of special at the point guard spot in a league where the point guard position is extremely valued. And one that's as athletic as him that can finish amongst the trees despite only being 6'2", it's kind of nuts. He reminds me of Derrick Rose back before Derrick Rose got hurt. That type of burst, that type of vision, that ability to get downhill and cause some problems. I, I really like Scoot Henderson. It sounds like Charlotte's going to go the other way for all intents and purposes. Brandon Miller is going to be that second pick, mm-hmm. uh, largely because he fits beside LaMelo Ball, which I get it. LaMelo's very popular. I think every kid in North Carolina and South Carolina wears the guy's shoes, but is what he does sustainable in the playoffs? I, I don't know that it is. And I think Scoot Henderson has a chance to be a first or second team all-NBA guy by the time it's all said and done. Why wouldn't you go with a guy with that kind of potential? Well, then, all right, you have the trickle-down effect, and you got Portland at number three, and there's been a lot of talk about Damian Lillard and whether or not Portland's going to be able to satisfy him. Dame says he doesn't want to be in another rebuilding situation, which means he would probably prefer they trade that number three pick for a proven established star to at least alleviate some of the burden off of him, maybe make the the Trailblazers a little bit of a contender in that Western Conference. I'll ask it to you this way. If indeed they do keep the pick and they're going to take one of these two guys, who do you think develops fast enough or is ready to play at least right now more so Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? Uh, The guy who's going to be able to make a big enough impact right away is Scoot Henderson. If you go along fit, which at the top five picks of the draft, I don't think you go with fit. I think you go with the most talented Mm -hmm. because those are the guys with NBA upside. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I, I think Scoot, uh, he's very, he's so explosive and so dynamic in how he can help your team. Uh, Brandon Miller is an excellent scorer. He can shoot over the top. He's got a good wingspan, six eight. Does a lot of cool things like with the basketball, like very Paul George esque. And he talked about him being his favorite player. Both slide of frame, narrow hips. They can get the spots, but it's. It, I just feel like this, the level of athlete that Scoot Henderson is translates immediately. I don't think there's going to be a huge adjustment period for him, not only because of his body, but to go along with the fact that he's been in the G League program for two seasons. I just feel like he's a special type of player, a special type of athlete. We know the importance of outside shooting in this NBA game and certainly the importance and how it's grown over the years here. Jordan Hawkins is one of the better ones in this draft. Who are some of the other marksmen that you're really high on going into this draft tomorrow? I mean, you got to look also at Grady Dick from Kansas. He's mm-hmm. a guy six foot six. I think he measured six foot seven and a half with shoes on. He's got good length. He's a good enough athlete to be able to guard. He got better with that as the season went on. And the fact that he was able to play for Bill Self so early and so quickly should say a lot because uh, Bill demands a lot out of his players. I, I was able to Watch him at the Battle for Atlantis. I thought he was terrific. He has a high release point. He's going to be able to get it off. And you know that he's going to be able to provide shooting uh, from his first day 
within your facility. I mean, that's what he's going to bring to your team. He's confident. He's a great locker room guy. I think that helps. Chris Murray, uh, brother of Keegan, uh, does a lot of the same things. Yeah, does a lot of the same things as Keegan. Uh, the only difference is his three-point percentage, I believe I don't have in front of me, but I believe it was in that 31-32 range. Uh, I think that had more to do with him being the main option for the Hawkeyes this season because you look over the last few seasons, he was better. It's a simple shot. It's going to be able to go in quite a bit. I, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Murray, especially if you get him late in the first round. I think he provides value to go along with that six-eight frame and seven-foot wingspan. Those things help. Uh, and then you can just go down the, look, the list. Jaime Hawkins has earned an invite. I feel like Omax Prosper could be a better shooter as time goes on. He has that type of of soft hand, soft release. Jet Howard's an excellent shooter. Of course, he can't guard me today. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big thing. And then people that don't understand, have not seen Belmont's Ben Shepard. I had the privilege to call a game Belmont versus Furman in Greenville, South Carolina. That guy, young man can play. And it's not just that he can play, it's that he defends. He brings immediate value as well. A lot of shooting in this class. And then there's a lot of guys that provide a lot of other things, too. Another underrated name, Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine, uh, can fill it up as well. That Furman, remember, you got me on the board there for that first-round upset, so I give you a shout-out there. You sold me on them, certainly, going into the tournament, so I remember that one like a T. How much – look, we know how much NIL impacts the college game, and this offseason, you know, maybe as busy as any that we've ever seen, and it's probably not going to change anytime soon with all the movement, the transfer portals, you name it. How much of an impact do you think NIL has had on this draft class in particular? Uh, you know what? I think it had more impact on last year's because this year we're seeing Drew Timmy. We're seeing Oscar Shebray. We're having a lot of these guys, you know, end up leaving anyway. I, I, there's still a pretty large discrepancy between the two-way contracts and what a lot of these guys are getting in I, as far as NIL is concerned. But let's – you know, a lot of a lot of guys are getting paid really well, but it, let's keep in mind too. You know, if guys are able to get a million dollar two way deal, it makes a whole lot more sense. Plus, they don't have to go to English one hundred and one in the meantime, right? So, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think uh, I think it has uh, had an impact, especially among the big fellows. Like ten, fifteen years ago, Hunter Dickinson's a top fifteen pick. Now, why wouldn't he go to Kansas and collect a little money and be able to play for Bill Self? It just makes too much sense. And I think the guy really likes playing and being in college. So that certainly helps. I think it's impacted it some. I'm not sure it's the overriding factor that everybody thought it was going to be. All right, let me leave you on this one here. First and foremost, and by the way, Chris Murray, 33% from three. That could improve on the next level. I, you know, We've seen plenty of him, yeah. certainly at the Big Ten. I like him as a prospect as well. Lastly, you have a team like the New Orleans Pelicans who were sitting there at 14. And certainly Zion has been in the news a lot lately. And there's been all these different rumors. If you are the architect of the what's, he been, in the, what's he been in the news for, Dan? What's uh, he been in the news for? You know, I mean, procreation. I mean, to put it mildly. <laughs> How about that? Does that suffice? <laughs> that, 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 that's good enough for me. I'm not sure it's good enough for the listeners, but it's good enough for me. Yeah, I, 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 well, you know what? I think that they've uh, had a newsreel that they've certainly come across that has all about Zion's exploits. But nevertheless, if you are the man in charge of the Pelicans, um, is that a player you're looking to move for some draft capital here? Do you think it'll ever work out? Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's the thing. It's almost like it reminds me a little bit of the Barkley in, in Philadelphia situation where he was he was kind of out of shape. He didn't really put everything into it. And then finally somebody got a hold of him and said, hey, man, this isn't going to work if you're not in shape. So he goes to Phoenix and ends up being MVP of the league and all that. I, he's still fully capable of being that. I, I mean, this guy – 
is different. He's, he's always been different. It's a matter of has he been able to stay healthy? And quite frankly, has he been able to, you know, maintain his weight at a level that's acceptable to play? And quite frankly, does he really want to play? If he really wants to play, you hang on to him for all you can because th- there's not many people like him. Where he's not necessarily Wimbenyama, I think he's seven foot four sideways mm-hmm. because he's that big, big and strong, right? Like, I, I don't think you move him unless you're able to get a top two pick. Outside of that, I just and, – and really, are you going to be able to get value for it? Like, are you going to be able to get a couple of those things at the big – you know, those top two or three picks for a guy who's so injury played. That's what worries me more than anything. Yeah, it's a lottery ticket that you're buying that you don't know necessarily if it's going to cash or not. And, and, and that's what's dicey. And, you know, me personally, I don't look at it any different than you did when he came into the league, only because you still don't even have any questions answered. I mean, the guy, you know, the best ability is durability, as they say, and he hasn't exhibited that. Yeah, best ability, the best ability is availability, and you're exactly right. What did he play, 26 games last year? If that. Yeah. I mean, the guy, is, yeah, the guy is collecting checks, and, and the thing is, if you're going to pay somebody that amount of money, and when he's playing, he's worth that amount of money. That's the crazy part. It's just, is he really that enamored with being a really good basketball player? Only time will tell, unfortunately, but it's an incredible talent, and you hate to see it go to waste. But if you're in New Orleans, I mean, these are the tough questions. You already gave him that big money extension. Now you got to see what's best for the franchise moving forward here. But maybe he's going to make that question answered a little bit easier, continuing with his off-the-court exploits. We'll find out here. T.O., great stuff as always, my friend. Appreciate you making time. I'm sure we'll be getting together soon, talking uh, some college hoops before the season starts. But always appreciate a couple of minutes, my friend. Sounds great, man. Anytime you guys need me, just give me a call. Will do. There's our good pal Terrence Oglesby, Field of 68, talking a little draft manana. And I understand. Look, I get it. You know, with the Knicks not having a pick, and look, this is refreshing. Normally the Knicks are in the lottery. They're picking in the top 10. The fact that they don't have that pick this year, and you went all the way to the second round of the playoffs, and you had success, and you uncovered some things, you know, it takes a little steam out of the draft. But still got to talk about it. It's in our backyard. And look, Maybe the Knicks will surprise us all. Leon Rose will get on the phone. Maybe he'll find a way to get a pick for this draft in the first round tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, we start to get a little bit more engaged. But we'll find out in about 24 hours, a little less. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take some phone calls. And also, when we come back, Major League Baseball and its instant replay rule and some of their newfound rules rear their ugly head last night in an absolutely unbelievable way we'll tell you what that is then we'll also talk a little baseball Heidi Watney Apple TV they got the Mets fills on Friday so join us coming up as well grass until the top right here on 9870 SPN procreation I mean to put it mildly now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, we're taking it until the top of the hour. Then Gordon and Larry are going to swing by to take it the rest of the night. Remember, tomorrow and Friday, no show for us at 7. Tomorrow we got the NBA draft tonight, but I'll be on with Bart from 12 to 3. Same as Friday. So the next two days, you got me at noon, and then we'll have our usual Saturday show coming up at 9 a.m. as well. 4-1 Yankees in the top of the ninth inning. Clay Holmes on, or excuse me, it's, uh, is it, it's, I can't even see. It's Michael King. Michael King, the king, is on to close out this one for the Yanks. Hey, if they can hold on as is and not allow another run for the Mariners, I mean, that's two games. Mariners only getting one run on the board in each of them. Yankees will take that any day of the week, that's for sure. Um... So another well-pitched game for Johnny Brito in a pinch. Needed a good performance. They got it. Bats came alive. And while we were talking to uh, T.O., Anthony Volpe connected on a home run, hit his 10th of the season, as a matter of fact. Now, real quick, we're going to have Heidi Watney on to talk a little Apple TV baseball. She's got the Mets-Phils broadcast coming up on Friday night next time the uh, Mets are back in action. Last night, White Sox-Rangers in Chicago. Instant replay is a thing in baseball. It's extremely inconsistent. Even what you're looking at is not apparently what the folks in New York are looking at. And that's why it leads to a whole bunch of mess sometimes, like what we saw last night. Last night also combined the best of both worlds. Instant replay and the stupid blocking of the plate rule. The Buster Posey rule. To where now the catcher has to give the runner coming home basically like a million miles of free real estate so they can find a way to touch the plate. There's no such thing as blocking the plate anymore. Anyway. Last night, Jonah Heim, who is the Rangers catcher, Elvis Andrews is coming home for Chicago. Heim sets up, literally, if you can imagine this from the perspective of the catcher, behind home plate, facing the third baseline, while the runner is coming to the plate. He's behind the plate, he's not blocking it at all, gets the ball, performs a sweep tag, To where he spins his arm around with the glove, puts the tag on Andrews, he's out. So if you're Chicago at that point, and I don't fault them for this, they decide, hey, I got nothing to lose. It's late in the game. Just because this is what the culture that baseball has kind of created, I'm going to challenge to see if it was blocking the plate or not. They check in with New York. Lo and behold, that is exactly what they end up coming up with. Now, To tell you how ridiculous it was, there was no contact made whatsoever between the base runner and the catcher. How could he have been blocking the plate if there was no contact other than when he put the tag on? What was he blocking? So this was the kicker, too. NBC Sports Chicago. The White Sox broadcast, right? They're the ones that actually benefited from this horribly overturned call. But listen to the reaction from the announcers, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone on the White Sox feed. After review, the call on the field is overturned to a violation. Oh, it's a violation by Jonah Heim for being in the line of the slide by Elvis Andrews. So he was out at the plate, but the catcher being in the way creates a run. And here comes Bruce Bochy. Now, he's hot, and he gets out there as quickly as he can. 
And he just got rung. He got thrown out of the game. Well, I have no idea why, why that was a violation. But we're really happy it was. And Remillard drives home another go-ahead run late. Bochy so there you go. They're basically telling you, you know what? It benefits the team that we call the games for, but it was a ridiculous call. And Bruce Bochy, who was on the other end of it, of course, for Texas, they lost the game. He comes out, wants an explanation, of course gets rung. Here's Bruce Bochy after the game on the uh, Rangers post-game show. Those guys, I mean, they're they're not making a call. I get that. I just want to get clarification on exactly what was called. I could hear, and, and for that call to be made, it, I'm dumbfounded. It's absolutely one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Uh, it was done by replay. I, I just don't get it. I don't care how many times they'll try to explain it. Uh, you can't do that uh, in that situation. It, it's a shame. It's embarrassing, really. And what's ironic about that? Bochi gets burned by a rule that was implemented by his former catcher because of his former catcher when he was managing the Giants with Buster Posey. What did you see on the play? There was never any contact with the catcher as a sweet tag. I, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I just, again, I'm shocked. Uh, you know, uh, Jonah did a great job there. Um, you know, the throw took him to the left a little bit. Sweet tag. I, I, I'm lost on this one. Uh, you know, that's, that's a tough one to take. Well, the Rangers have bounced back. They're beating the White Sox 6-1 to one tonight, and they're a you know, far superior team from Chicago, than Chicago is. Uh, but it, it's an awful call. And Bochy himself was a catcher when he played, too. So he's, you know, experiences on a lot of fronts. And the game was a lot different when he played, certainly, blocking the plate and, and all those other things. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to our pal Heidi Watney. Apple TV Plus will be part of the broadcast crew next time the Mets play. That'll be Friday in Philadelphia against the Fighting Phils. That is next. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees hold on. 4-2 win over Seattle. The M's make it interesting in that ninth inning. Aaron Boone needs two relievers to put the fire out there. Tommy Canely ultimately gets it done, slams the door shut. So the Yanks have taken the first two games of that series. They continue their winning ways. Can't say the same about the Metropolitans, of course. They fell today in Houston scuffling about in the worst way they'll have a day off tomorrow when they return to the field that'll be on friday evening that'll be in philadelphia against the phils and to watch that game well you're gonna have to watch apple tv plus and part of the broadcast crew is our next guest it's our good buddy heidi watney who's nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here talk a little baseball hello my friend how are you 
Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing outstanding. And, of course, Heidi will be on the call Friday with Wayne Randazzo, our buddy, and Yonder Alonzo. So they'll be at Citizens Bank Park. Is there a bet already how many cheesesteaks are going to be consumed before the broadcast? <laughs> you know, we did a cheesesteak cheese face-off last year during the broadcast. I didn't bring it up this year. I'm not sure Wayne's going to want to be a part of that, but I might have to bring it back. I think Yonder would join in for sure. My money's on Yonder. No, knowing knowing how uh, Yonder <laughs> could put some away, I think that he is probably the leader in the clubhouse in that one so far. Um, in, in all seriousness, yeah. though, two and a half months into the season, how has the year been for you so far in these games? Oh, I'm having a blast. I love our, our game broadcast. We have a new crew this year. Last year's crew was a lot of fun. Um, Wayne is great. I mean, he's, he's a true pro. You guys know in mm-hmm. New York what, how, how great he is at calling a baseball game. And his knowledge, his depth of knowledge, and he, he just has one of those catalog-like memories that can pull up stats and facts about everyone. I'm just astounded by him every day. Um, and Yonder Alonso is filling in this week for Dontrell Willis, who's off. And Yonder's just a great guy. Recently retired, so he knows everyone. So his stories are more current, and his just his connection to the game is really recent. So that's a lot of fun. And I mean, Philly's Mets. And look, I get it. The teams aren't haven't been performing the way everyone expected this year, but the Phillies are coming on strong, and it's a division rivalry. So you can always get up for that matchup. Well, I, I don't have to tell you, and I'm sure that you, you know, from afar, you know how much the Mets are struggling and how much they're a lightning rod in this city in terms of you know this show, for example, each and every day, and and maybe it's appropriate, Heidi, that the Titanic is in the news and uh, you're going to cover this game on Friday because let me tell you something, it really probably isn't all that different than having to talk about the Mets these days, to be quite honest. I mean, it is shocking where the Mets are in the standings. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that or lie. It's it's shocking with the amount of talent on that team and the resources that have been put into that team. And the interesting thing to me is a lot of times when – when a lot of offensive pieces are being put together, sometimes it takes some time to gel for whatever reason, you know, the hitting is contagious, the lineup turning over, finding everyone's spot and roles. But usually when you're adding veteran pitchers, it's not this much of, I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to explain other than, you know, the two aces that mm-hmm. you've got at the top of the rotation, they're getting older and father time, you know, comes for everybody uh. at some point, but you're 100% right. I don't right. think – they're not out of it. They're not done. They're not out of it, for sure. I mean, there's still time. There's Look at where the Phillies were this time last year. And the, the Phillies are coming on strong, and it's going to be tough, and it's an uphill battle for sure. But I just, I just can't count them out. There's too much talent on that roster to not see them find something and just go on a run. I mean, look at the Reds. Yeah, oh. Two weeks ago, would you have said, nope. you know, the Reds? The <laughs> Giants were in fourth place two weeks ago. San Francisco Giants. So – it's not, I mean, it's, it's June. It's mid to late June. It's, you know, it's getting late early, isn't that what Yogi said? But, mm-hmm. but it's not late yet. You're right about that. I mean, you, you mentioned, think of all these great stories we have in, just in the National League this year. You rolled off a couple with Cincinnati and, and your Giants and Arizona even in that National League West. Miami, for crying out yeah. loud. Nobody expected a lot from them. So music fan, or music to Mets fans' ears, you know, saying that they're not dead and buried yet. We'll see. But they better start turning it around. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, our big issue here, and I think you hit it right on the head, is that unfortunately Father Time waits for no one. And you're talking about a couple of pitchers who are closer to the end than they are certainly to their primes, even though Verlander won a Cy Young last year. But it's it, it's been tough to watch here, and especially the way they constructed this roster. You went all in 
on two pitchers that are kind of on their last legs. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, if you would have asked me, honestly, if Justin Verlander was on his last legs a couple of years ago, I would have said the guy's not coming back from Tommy John. It's, right. He's too old. It's not possible. But you can't count him out after seeing what he's done. And he's as fierce a competitor as there is out there. I mean, this guy doesn't want to lose at anything. So you know this is chapping his hide to not be at peak performance right now. So I, I do think that he is a guy who could turn it around, who could figure out what it is he needs to do. But, I mean, he's a guy who can learn how to pitch. This is a guy who, who pitches harder the deeper into the game he goes. So he's just not someone that I'm ready to say, okay, he's going away. Max Scherzer is a beast as well. I know the pitch clock has been an issue for him, and he needs to get over these mental hurdles that have been you know, plaguing him this year. But I don't know. I just – Look, it's a tough division. Atlanta oh, yeah. is as hot as ever, and they just never go away. They just—they're a good, they're a talented team. The Phillies have a ton of talent. They went all the way to the World Series last year, and as you said, the Miami Marlins are kind of surprising everyone. So uh, there's no pushover there. Definitely, uh, division. Definitely not. And Miami doing it with you know Sandy Alcantara, the reigning Cy Young winner, not having anything close to a Cy Young caliber season this year, which is even more surprising. We're talking with Heidi Watney, Apple TV yeah. Plus. They got the Mets Phillies game coming up. On Friday, you mentioned the pitch clock, the new rules. The game is a little bit differently this year. From your perspective, what is your take on the game and all these new rules? Do you like it better? Do you think it is moving a little bit more smooth each and every night? I mean, there's not as much time for my scintillating stories that I bring to the broadcast. They're great stories. However, I... I try to squeeze them in when I can anyway. Look, I think it's a better game. It's crisper. There's more action. It, it was never about necessarily speeding the game up from start to finish, right? Like the game times are too long. Some people say that. It's about having more action in the game. Now, the side effect is that the game times are shorter. But there's, with the pitch clock, with the bigger bases, the, the not no longer can you shift the way you were shifting before. You can kind of partially shift, but... Um, it's just creating more action, more dynamic play. You can't take your eyes off the field. It's great for baseball. I think it's great for the future of baseball. And I really have seen no downside. And people that in the beginning of the season were having a hard time with it, I think that most people have come around by now and they're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of really fun to watch. As, There's uh, a lot of stuff going on. As long as you're not getting paid less because the games are shorter. That's the one thing I just want to make sure. <laughs> no, no. I'm not, you know... That worked against me many, many years when uh, the guy would stay till the last out of the last game on the West Coast and got paid the same. I get paid the same even if we do a two-hour and 17-minute game like we did in Chicago to start the season. And that's the gift that keeps on giving, of course. And you're talking back to your uh, MLB <laughs> Network days there, which were fantastic. And, and, you know, on that note, though, do you, you know, from, from doing this job now, do you enjoy the aspect of, okay, you've got one game a week, you're going to zero in on the two teams that are on the field that night, or do you prefer that versus really kind of somebody that was, at, when you were at the network, kind of covering the entire league and really kind of keeping your eyes on each and every club there i like both yeah can i have all of it can i just have everything? sure absolutely I want in life uh, why not um, i love being back at the field and i love telling stories and part of that storytelling i read a lot but then i get to go talk to the players about it and get their perspective and then help tell their story 
with their words that they've told me. And that's like the biggest blessing is being able to be at the field and talk to people again. Um, in studio, I loved covering like blanket covering the whole league and kind of knowing everything that was going on and all the particulars and all the parameters every night and always being at the big events, the all-star game, the world series. That was a lot of fun, but I'm really loving being back at the ballpark and connecting with people. There's nothing like it. It really and truly is. And especially if you're covering a sport, just to kind of be, you know, feel like you're close to the action. You know, having done both of it myself, I do agree with you 100%. And, and it kind of, you do get that sense here. Year number two of this. Yeah. Um, how often or how far in advance do you get a peek at what your schedule is going to be? Like what games you have coming up so you could kind of, you know, whether it's mentally put the plan in place, kind of plan ahead as to your travel and those type of things. Maybe get a little scouting report on teams. How far in advance do you know? Well, they kind of lay out a general schedule for us at the beginning of the year. Like, this is kind of what it's going to look like depending on how things change. But we're only locked in for the first two months of the season when we start. Mm -hmm. And then for, um, so say for July, we had to have by June 1st, the July schedule locked in. And by July 1st, we have to have August locked in. So we we're, we have an idea right now of what our July schedule is going to look, or our August schedule is going to look like, although it hasn't been 100% confirmed. But we know uh, we're doing a lot of East Coast travel coming up in the next couple of months. We'll be, we'll be out East a lot. Oh, we'll you're East. racking up those frequent flyer miles. You like that, of course, having mm-hmm. to fly across the country and everything. It's almost, it, you know, it's almost like an NFL. It's like you're covering the NFL. It's one game a week right? Like football is. And then you can sit there, you find out who you're playing. All right, let me zone in on these particular teams and wherever the game is, that's where I'm going to travel. Is that something you ever get used to? Because thankfully, like for my job, like I don't have to travel necessarily too much, at least by air. Is that something you ever get used to with all the travel each and every week? Yeah, I'm getting into a better groove right now. And they're great in, in how they buy us. You know, we just tell them what flights we want when we want to come in. And I, I get a lot of work done on the plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's like, it's quiet time. It's just hone-in time. I mean, every now and then my seatmate wants to ask me 500 questions about who I think the rookie of the year is going to be or whatever. Because <laughs> they see that I'm getting baseball stuff. Um, but uh, but for the most part, I just kind of lock in and do and do more prep and and read. I love reading. It's just, there's so many great stories in, in sports and in life. So that's kind of my, my quiet time on airplanes. Are you advantage an, of it. But I don't mind the travel. Are you an aisle seat or a window seat type person? I'm a window for the most part. Me too. Window seat. Me too. Yeah. I like to look out the window and I like, I generally don't have to get up to go to the bathroom. So like, I'm not bothering anyone and I can like spread out my little window seat and just kind of cozy up. It's not so much me getting up to go to the bathroom. What I have an issue with, like, for example, if you're on the aisle, it's other people getting up. And I don't want them walking up and down the aisle and then maybe, like, nudging my elbow, which is on the armrest and so on and so forth. I want to steer as far away from that stuff as possible. That's why I like the window. Well, I'm like, I'm a, like, if I'm not prepping on my way to a game, on the way home, I'm sleeping. I'm out cold. So I don't want someone to wake me up because they need to get up. And if we're on, if I'm on the way to like Philly this week, I'll have like my iPad and my computer. I'll be like all spread out in my seat. I'm just taking, you know, I'm I'm doing my work 
So I don't want to have to pick all that up if someone needs to get up. So I, that's why I like the window. Well, it's, we're almost at the midway point, so you get a nice little break for the All-Star break. So I'm sure that that's much welcome. You get a chance to recharge the batteries. But I know you got a long flight tomorrow to head out to Philadelphia. Maybe you'll be the one. Your presence and uh, you and Wayne and Yonder are going to maybe help turn this Mets season around because I know a lot of people listening would love nothing more than that to happen. And I know that you're busy, and I appreciate you giving us a couple of minutes here. And don't forget, Heidi and Yonder and Wayne, they're going to be on the call. Apple TV Plus. That'll be coming up on Friday, 7 o'clock, with the Mets and the Phillies on Apple TV. It's always great to catch up with you, my friend, and uh, we'll do it again soon, but have a great trip to Philadelphia. Thank you so much. Always great talking to you. And yeah, if we bring the Mets any luck, they're not going to let Wayne leave for sure. So. No, that that's <laughs> not going to happen. Because And, you know, as long as, you know, the Mets just need to stay competitive until jet season starts. Then that'll uh, that'll carry us through, if you know what I mean. Looking <laughs> <laughs> like a true New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Good seeing you. All right, Heidi, be good. There's Heidi Watney, Apple TV Plus. Great stuff. They got the Mets and the Phillies coming up on Friday evening. And like I said, you know, maybe maybe just a little bit of a change up, right? No SNY, give it a different broadcast. Maybe that'll be the spark that gets the Mets ignited for the rest of the season. We never know. We'll close it out with you on the phones. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Grasso Show till the top on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. A couple more minutes. Thanks to Heidi for hopping on with us. Mets Phil's Friday night, Apple TV Plus. You know the comedian Bill Burr. So, you know, he's a Boston guy, Red Sox fan. So he was up in the booth tonight um, on Nessun, which is the Red Sox um, TV network. And apparently it went off the rails. I, I haven't heard any of it yet, but I'm just like reading along on, you know, social media and stuff like that. Apparently, <laughs> it, you know, and look, that's what Bill Burr is. The, the, you know, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into if you're going to invite Bill Burr onto your broadcast. So I cannot wait to uh, hear some of the things that were said. But apparently it was um, not part of your conventional broadcast for a baseball game. That's putting it mildly here. Um, Harvey, 2-2, our final today for the Red Bulls. Yeah, two two. You seem down. I mean, you this, seem depressed. This was the team that conceded the most goals in MLS. Now, granted, they conceded two more, but this team was pretty bad on the road. Even though they scored the second most goals on the road going into yeah, this game, but, but let, let's backtrack a little bit. You started the game first of all. You couldn't even get the game to watch. Number one, yeah. at the beginning. Okay, so that was obstacle number one, which we solved. Number two, they fell behind two nothing which just compounded your misery. 
And then second half rolls around, and you get the equalizer, and you still manage to get a point out of it. I think all things considered, you live to see another day. That's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's as you were. I just I just didn't like that. They started slow. They barely woke up for it. They came back with two quick goals, but now, I mean, thank God for them that they, they allow nine teams per conference to go in. Yeah, you th- like if more people were paying attention to MLS, right? Like, cause you know how people like get on the NBA and the NHL? It's like, well, eight teams make the playoffs. Like, half the sport makes the playoffs. Well, think about MLS. That literally, like, more than half the sport makes the playoffs. But you know why, though. Tell me why. Big money. Big money how and for who? Uh, for um, for the Apple people. For the Apple plug. Yeah, they pay, they're paying for it. So basically, Apple's the one who's paying for the playoff teams, for well, lack of a better term. No, nah, they're basically just trying to generate more money, I guess. Um, That's pretty much going to do it for us tonight. Thanks to Heidi Watney. Thanks to Terrence Oglesby for happening on the program. Thanks to Harvey. He got his tie tonight. He got a point. And thanks to Joe for producing the program. Remember, I'm with Bart. Tomorrow and Friday from noon to 3. So I'll talk to you in, what, about 14 hours from now. Gordon and Larry are coming up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Grass is saying, have a good night right here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm dumbfounded.